I think we can imagine Christ as king in all of his glory and all of his majesty like we hear at the beginning of this gospel when he sits upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him. We can imagine him with a crown on his head and a scepter in his hand like in the image over there. And it, it, I mean, we can do that because he's seated on, next to the Father, and he is all-powerful, he is all-knowing, he is omnipresent, he knows every hair on our heads, and he knows our prayers even before we speak them ourselves. And so it's so easy for us to kind of imagine God, Christ, as king, and to worship him, and to glorify him. Because what do we do when there's a king? I don't know how many of y'all watched the, the coronation of King Charles. Uh, but when a king arrives, they roll out the red carpet. Quite literally. And I think we do that. I mean, in, in essence, we process up that red carpet to receive him in the Eucharist. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. That the whole point that we come here is to give him glory, to give him thanks. The word Eucharist means thanksgiving. And so we come before the king to give him praise. But there's a second way in which Christ, the king, reveals himself. And this way is much harder for us to perceive. He says, I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. You welcomed me, you clothed me, you cared for me, you visited me. And what you have done to the least of these brethren you have done to me. And so the second way that, that Christ the King, who is deserving of all praise, deserving of all glory, who deserving of every red carpet in the whole world <laughs> to be rolled out for him, he also reveals himself in our neighbor. and everyone who is in need. And you might think, well, uh, and everyone who is in need is everyone. <laughs> we are all in need in some way or another. But this is the, this is the point, this is the challenge to us. Because I think if, if God is here present... But I think if we were able to see him, we would, we would be falling down in worship before him. But because he's veiled, and because our eyes cannot see, and our ears cannot hear, we cannot taste, or touch, or smell. Because our senses cannot perceive, we just kind of like pass it away. But he reveals himself. In our neighbor. I, don't want, I want to make that clear. Who is our neighbor? Our neighbor is the Atlanta Falcons fan. 
Uh-huh. Our neighbor is the person of the opposite political party that you ascribe to. Our neighbor is the members of Hamas. Our neighbor is your actual neighbor who plays music way too loud or who doesn't cut their grass in, the, in, a, in, a, in a, a reasonable amount of time or who does whatever other things that annoying neighbors do. Our neighbor is the person who has hurt you or hurt someone you love. See, what happens is what we do is we take the person out of the person and we, we say, no, they're, they're this. They're not a person made in the image and likeness of God, a revelation of Christ the King. We depersonalize them. The first time that I began to like realize this um, was during... Uh, uh, after uh, President Obama was elected. Now, in all fairness, I am not a fan of the dude. But people were talking as if he was the Antichrist, as if he was a demon, as if he was the devil himself. Just the same way that uh, Democrats speak about Donald Trump. But what that does, we, we put on what the person does and take away who the person is. We don't recognize that this person is a revelation of Christ the King. And that revolutionizes the way that we look at every single person. That was the beauty of Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa was able to see in every single person even those in the womb, that this is a revelation of Christ the King and they are deserving of every reverence. If you remember me talking about a few weeks ago when we were talking about the priest and the mass, I'm not sure if I told you all this story about St. Francis going to the priest. Do you all remember this story? Uh, okay, I guess I didn't tell it to you. So St. Francis um, there's this woman that comes up to him after Mass one day, and she says, Francis, Francis, there's this priest down in the valley, and he has a woman, and they have kids, and he's not living out his priesthood. St. Francis is like, okay, well, take me to him. Francis goes with this woman, and she's like, yes, Francis is going to tell him what's what. <laughs> you know, he's going he's gonna, to, and he's going to repent, and he's not going to do this anymore. Francis goes, and when the priest comes out of whatever dwelling that he's in to greet them, Francis gets down on his knees and kisses the hands of the priest. And he says, thank you for giving me the Eucharist. Now, he could have shamed him, for all of the sin that he was committing him. But he recognized not only the dignity of his person, but the dignity of his priesthood. And the invitation for us today in celebration, and the reason that the church gives us this reading, 
for the celebration of Christ's king of the universe. And so that we can, one, allow his reign to reign in our hearts. So that he can be who he is. Like I said at the beginning of the Mass, oftentimes what we want to do is we want to wrest control from Christ and, and, and take, take the wheel, if you want to use Carrie Underwood's analogy, Jesus, take the wheel. We, we just like, no, we take it all of the time. And oftentimes we end up crashing. So the first thing is to let Christ reign in our own hearts. And the second, and the way that we do that, how? One, repentance through going to confession. Through prayer. This is the beginning of our life of faith, this one hour. If we allow this to be the totality of our life of faith, our life of faith is atrophied. I have a friend who has a, 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 a she, her father just had an injury and he's going to be laid up for like five or six weeks before he can even walk again. When he gets to start walking again, it is going to hurt because all of his muscles have gone. And even though he had to get up to go to the bathroom or whatever, with great aid, like, everything that he's going to do is going to be difficult. That's what we do to ourselves if all we do is come to Mass on Sunday and we don't let Christ the King reign in our hearts at every moment. And then the second thing is to recognize and reverence Christ the King in every single one of our brothers and sisters. My brother... How different would the world be if we did that? Facebook wouldn't be a cesspool of it would actually be what it's supposed to be, which is, oh look, my cousin did something awesome, or not, oh look, look what my cousin said again. But that everything would be life. But in order for us to reverence Christ the King in our brothers and sisters, we first have to recognize him within ourselves. And to let him take control. Let him guide. And I know, for many of you, you are control freaks. You like to make sure that everything is exactly perfect and exactly as you like it to be. I know exactly what that feels like. Let it go. Because nothing that you will do will ever be perfect. Nothing. Why? Because you are an imperfect being. <laughs> <laughs> the only way that you can be perfect is by being perfect, by being made perfect by he who is perfect. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
So as we come up to receive him, as you come up to receive him today, roll out the red carpet in your heart. Let him come in and reign. And when we do that, all things will be made new.